Hello and welcome to Shaken Not Noob, the podcast that's been in and out of isolation so many times in the past few weeks that we have a strong appreciation for the life experience of a teabag. I am your host, Earl Grey Dan, and on this week's episode I'm joined by a bag of Darjeeling that I like to call Mr. Duty Dutrum. How are we good? Hello. Hello, how are you? <laughs> oh, good. Getting it first. Excellent, excellent. I'm very well. I'm excited to be talking games with you. Um, I've been playing so many games this week. It's ridiculous how much is coming out at the moment. Yeah, yeah. It's it's starting to slowly sort of ramp up into that season where everything's starting to come out. And it won't be long now. I think it's probably about two weeks now until Formula 1 2020 comes out. And we're both edging for that. We've Ooh, got yeah. fucking... Avengers coming, we've got Cyberpunk coming at the later of the year, we've got heaps of shit that's coming. <laughs> it's amazing. I've been playing um, a bunch of indie games that have been released on Steam uh, recently, so I've been playing this one, and I, I, gotta say, I just got to talk about it because it's so much fun. It's called Hard Space Shipbreaker, and basically you are a space astronaut shipbreaker, so you basically they, they bring you in these old school spaceships and you have to tear them apart and salvage all the pieces and it's like this puzzle game in space and it's just it's so much fucking fun it's really addictive i'm really enjoying it so um uh, that's been a lot of fun i also played this week and reviewed a game called assetto corso competizione which is a, a hardcore racing simulator um and yeah that was that was interesting to say the least but uh that's out there right now <laughs> Yes, I did see that. Uh, well, you told me that you that uh, that came in, and you went, "Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna have some words." <laughs> Look, I'm just gonna talk about it briefly because we're not gonna talk about it in full on this episode. But I know there's a lot of fans of this game. It's been out on PC for about a year, and so now it's just come to console, and it's it's still a PC game, and it's specifically designed for anyone with a full racing rig, right? So every time I've seen this game reviewed, it's got like, you know, 9 out of 10 on you know all of these YouTube channels and all the rest of it. And every time I see the guys that are reviewing it, they are sitting in like proper racing seats. They've got racing wheels. They are fully set up. And then you try and play it on a console with a controller and the game is a piece of shit. So uh. unless you have a, a racing rig, a racing wheel, which is a minimum an absolute minimum of $500 to buy anything worth buying, um, do not buy that game. Absolutely do not, because it is not optimized for console play, um, for specifically for controllers. So that's that was very disappointing. Um, well, then I'll, uh, I'll just stick with my Formula 1. Absolutely you should, because it's a very good sim racer. If you like, like, uh, if you like sim racing, there's a bunch of really awesome options. Um, Dirt Rally 2.0 was really good last year. Um, we've had obviously the uh, the sim racing experience from uh, Formula One, an amazing sim racer, and I also reviewed MotoGP uh, twenty twenty. That is great. Obviously, two wheels instead of four, but it is still a very good optimized for console game where you can experience sim racing at its finest. So there are good options that I would recommend way way before this other one. So uh, yeah, definitely get into that. <laughs> oh, there we go. Excellent. Let's move on to fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about something that's actually worth talking about. Um, the one that you sent through to me today, which I've been watching since you sent it through, which looks like a lot of fun, uh, was the Marvel Avengers update. War Table, apparently. Because, you know, yeah. yeah, they've got everything, every other war option has been taken. They call this War Table, it's their monthly update that they do. 
um, on the progress of Marvel Avengers, uh, which is due out later this year. And this was a full story mission uh, trailer, full updates to the in-game play. There was, it's what, 25, 30 minutes long? So there's a lot of content in there, right? It's a long video. It shows you, um, well, it shows you more gameplay outside of the initial A-Day, which was the the first reveal of Avengers last year at E3. Sure. Um, We also get uh, some of the customization options and they actually delve into not only the, you know, up, you know, putting gamma uh, gamma related weapons into Iron Man will make him shoot at green lasers instead of red lasers and it will sort of change some small aesthetics but it will do different attacks different damage to different things um, but there's also the cosmetic side of it so if you don't want Iron Man to look like how he is in that there is they even pull up side by sides going this Iron Man suit is from the 2010 Iron Man run uh, when he has this bleeding edge armor and they actually they're pulling up the comic books that they're pulling inspiration from for the suits and it's kind of cool when they do that um, we get a whole single player campaign campaign mission where Thor's running around as Donald Blake um, and Thor's gameplay looks fucking awesome (laughs) Um, and we get uh, how the multiplayer works we get a two and a half minute story uh, trailer which talks about who the main sort of villain is or who one of the main villain is for the game Um, it's fucking awesome man there was there's three different types of ultimate attacks you have in this game as well sort of assault ultimate and support and it's really fucking cool yeah yeah uh, look, I will say the customization options and the RPG elements in this game look awesome. I really do enjoy that. Um, there's a bunch of, you know, upgrade and play your own way, but I assume that by the time you get to late game, everybody's maxed out on all of the stats anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, and yeah. They, they do make reference to like, yeah, if you want to play range, if you want to play as Thor because he's your favorite, but you want to play as range Thor, mm. you can, you know, you can literally just throw your hammer around and stay range if you want to. But if you want to get close and play close, you can. It's, it is, they are saying that, you know, play your own way sort of thing. And yeah. after watching this whole 25 minute sort of gameplay trailer and teaser and how everything's going to work, I am more excited for this than I am for Cyberpunk. Yeah, that's, I mean, <laughs> Oh, look, I, I still maintain that this game is about three years too late. Like, it should have, like, this is the kind of game that would have been amazing to deliver right in the middle of all of the movies. But, um, yeah, but but still, it looks it looks a lot of fun. I think there's, a, like I said, a lot of customization options, lots of cosmetics. There was even the, um, the Planet Hulk armor for Hulk, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, I think there was... Um, there's some amazing stuff. I was a little bit intrigued to see the um, that there is a the, the story seems to be focused on a non typical Avengers hero person that seems to be newly developed for this game. Yeah, who Modok? Uh no, um, Kamala or whoever it is, Kamala that, Khan. Yeah, Kamala Khan is uh, is Miss Marvel, so she's uh, an actual comic book character. Yeah. Um. So there's Captain Marvel, but she's Miss Marvel, so oh, she's okay. sort of like a. Uh, an inhuman Mr. Fantastic S sort of style character. So, so she is not a she's not a new character, but she's new in regards to how old she is in regards to comic books. Okay. So she's not overly an old character. She's probably maybe five, ten years old. Yeah. Yeah. She seemed really interesting, I suppose. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I think there's some some really cool options within this game to play as some of those favourites from the Avengers movie series. Um, yeah, Modoc. What do you reckon about Modoc? As a, as I think a, it's kind of cool because we're not getting a villain who's been in a movie. Yeah. So then we don't have anything to necessarily go, oh, well, he was done better when Hugo Weaving did him or, or something like that. Because there are direct comparisons a- with the heroes, right? They, yeah. they've, they've done a bit, like, especially with um, Thor's voice, you can see he's done a, a bit of a Hemsworth vibe going on there. But 
like I, I, th- I think that'll be yeah. You're right. Standalone character that hasn't been done within the universe so far. Yeah, exactly. So it's go- it's going to be good in that regards because we're, we're not going to be comparing it to anything except for maybe the comic books. And I think he appeared in some of the the live act, well, not the live action, but the the TV cartoons like yeah. in the nineties. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, I, I'm really really looking forward to this. Um. You know, checked you know my phone this morning. We got an email from Bandai Namco going, "Here's an Avengers thing," and I just went, "Fucking yes!" and just started watching it. <laughs> Sent them an email back and just went, "Cool, Dan's down for Cyberpunk. I'm fucking down for this. Like this looks." <laughs> great and like every trailer or gameplay that they keep putting up the first one a lot of people were lackluster with and they showed a little bit more and a little bit more yeah and they showed a full level from the game when thor uses his ultimate and there's like a there's an enemy that's got a shield around him and no one can get through it so thor calls the bifrost and then teleports in through the shield i'm like that's so fucking cool Mm. yeah look i'm so excited for it I think there's there's going to be some really awesome gameplay videos out of this. I think they've done a really good job in faithfully recreating these uh, these characters. Um, I mean, there were some cool moments. Do you see the uh, the Hulkbuster armor show up at one stage? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you, and you, you get that sort of. Uh, again sort of referring it back to the films you get that sort of turmoil between the Avengers like you know some don't necessarily get along now or anything like that mm. but it's just it's, it's kind of cool seeing like Thor walking around in his like civilian sort of clothes and his Donald Blake clothes yeah and then he just sort of as shit's going on he just puts his hand out in the trailer and then you just see that like you get that sort of feeling from the first Avengers film when he puts his hand out and calls his hammer and nothing's coming you can just you're sitting there waiting for it and I'm, I'm really excited for it yeah, that's yeah. I'm 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 excited for it too. I think it's going to be a really interesting game. Um, there will be. It kind of feels like um, the the Ultimate Alliance games, like a little bit of that feel as far as customization and options. For I think it's that's that's really cool, right? It, it's looking very Destiny in regards to chess pieces and and changing the weapons or i don't think you can necessarily change molnir but i think you can sort of give it different wrappings for the handles and different buffs in that regard because i don't think you can physically aesthetically sort of change the hammer unless it's a costume change yeah um but for like iron man you can change the repulsors in his hands then you can change the repulsor in his chest and then you can change his armor and this and that and all that sort of stuff yeah so it looks like it's got a lot of that sort of destiny vibe to it with that rpg mechanic yeah nice well look um yeah so that's coming out it's coming out in september yeah, September, yeah, yeah. So about three months away. Yeah, <laughs> which is, you know, probably another two in and out of isolation um, things between now and then, so we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, may yeah. or may not be locked up in our houses, so there'll be plenty of time to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got I've got heaps of uh, laps to do in F1 until that comes out anyway. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, because that's now, um, that's like two weeks away, three weeks away. 10th of uh, July, I believe it comes out. 7th of July, if you got the uh, the limited edition version, gives it to you a couple of days earlier. Ah, correct, um, yes. And I do love the Australian packaging for Formula 1 2020. Like, you always have Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. The fucking Australians one. Of course, it's got Daniel Ricciardo on it. <laughs> but it's Daniel Ricciardo and fucking Kimi Raikkonen. And I'm like, fuck yes, it's the two best fucking drivers. <laughs> That's awesome. It's going to be so weird playing it, especially this season when there's been nothing going on. But we are waiting desperately for Formula 1 to come back next week. So we're very excited for that. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. Speed and power. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, we're just going to be talking about game reviews this week, so um, not not there's lots going on news fronts, but we've just got so much to talk about in the games world. Um, I want to quickly mention our sponsor for the show, uh, Culture Shock Collectibles. Who are they, Duty? 
They are your leading collectible store. I actually have an order with Culture Shock Collectibles that arrives this very evening. This evening? Up. <laughs> this very evening, yes. Wow. My director, Krennic Hot Toy, has been shipped. Uh, he is arriving today. I got my you know email from the Australia Post saying he's arriving. I'm very, very excited for him. He'll be my second last Star Wars Hot Toy mm-hmm. for now. Um yeah, uh, Culture Shock Collectibles, they've put up a heap of new pre-orders as well. They've got a heap of limited edition Transformer toys as well on their uh, on their store, because uh, my brother and I are, are sort of on a bit of a Transformers high. <laughs> He's always, he, he always is. When is he but, not? Um, like, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, the man with the Transformers, a Transformers tattoo, is high on Transformers. Yeah. Pull the other um, one. <laughs> <laughs> so there's new Hot Toys being announced uh, I believe uh, Ho- uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow from the Avengers Endgame films have been released in Hong Kong Hawkeye and Elf that. form like their face modelling is terrible right come on the, the face modelling is fine it's the haircut because the haircut <laughs> makes his ears bigger because it's because um, it's him when he was um, in Japan right from uh, from Endgame yeah, yeah yeah so there's there's two different versions there's the deluxe edition which you can actually turn him into Ronin so he has the, the face mask and the hoodie or you can just get the Hawkeye, which is just the, the sort of the outfit he wears towards the end of the film. Yeah. If you get the deluxe version, you get both Ronan and Hawkeye. If you get the normal, you just get uh, Hawkeye. Yes. Um, and uh, there's Black Widow as well. That's that's coming. There's the new Loki from Avengers Endgame uh, up for pre-orders. Mm-hmm. It's essentially a rework of the original Avengers Loki that came out. And if you're wanting an original Avengers Loki, you're spending upwards of $700. Mm-hmm. And because it came out in 2012, it's not as refined as Hot Toys are. Nowadays, okay, uh, and you can pre-order this figure. I think for three ninety-five uh, off the top of my head. Uh, so you, it'll have a better head sculpt. It'll be made out of better material, better quality, and it will be on a on a cooler and better base. And it still has those Loki that you know that big horned helmet that he has from the first Avengers film. It looks fucking cool. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And yeah. um, I, I am disappointed that I haven't seen the pre-orders for the one that I sent around last night in our nerd chat. Um, Colonel Sanders as uh, <laughs> as Ryu. As Ryu from Street Fighter. <laughs> And he's yeah, it looks pretty cool. He's he's making a chicken fireball, and I, I I still maintain I need to know whether or not the he's he's making the chicken appear or he's shooting the chicken out of his hands. I'm very confused as to what exactly is happening in that moment, but it looks pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's Colonel Sanders as Ryu from Street Fighter, and his Hadouken is a chicken. <laughs> it's pretty fucking cool. I have no idea. Like I don't understand toys, but that's that's pretty amazing. So Culture Shock Collectibles, get onto that, Michael. It looks pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely put definitely put an order in for that. <laughs> there we go. So CultureShockCollectibles.com for all of your nerdy collectible needs. Um, yes. This week we've got a couple of things to talk about. And one that I want to get onto first is from your side, buddy. Rainbow Six Siege Operation Steel Wave. Now this is the yes. uh, the latest update from Rainbow Six. You do have a uh, a new video up on your uh, YouTube channel, Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Yes, that's what I said. <laughs> I knew I was trying to be really careful about how I said it, and I said it the wrong way. So fuck. Yes, that's what I meant. <laughs> the one that he said. Um, but yes, it's up on your YouTube channel, so go check it out because it does give a, a very in-depth view. You can see um, all sorts of stuff. You can hear G-Man uh, yelling at Dirty a lot. What the fuck are you doing, mate? You're doing it too early all the time. Oh, man. We've, uh, <laughs> Every uh, uh, single sub, sub, time. Sub, sub story, if, you, uh, if you're on the Shake and Unheard listening community, I just posted a little teaser video of me playing some Siege mm. um, to for this episode. And uh, Ryan, my brother, has been playing some Siege uh, with us. Yes. Uh, he's just started it. He's just downloaded it. Same with Dave from Super Movie Brothers. Mm. Dave just got it on his Xbox. Yeah. So I'm teaching him on Xbox and I'm teaching Ryan on PC. 
and uh, we're playing some Siege, and Ryan's not necessarily, he doesn't know how to breach a wall with his sledgehammer or anything like that, because he plays a sledge, and there's just uh, G-Man going, what the fuck is Sledge doing? Like, he fucking opened up a wall, and we're all going, that's Ryan, that's Ryan, and he's like, what the... Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> nah, you're new. You got an excuse. You're new. If any of these fucking cunts did it, I'd be all over them. Yes. It, yeah. Anyway, Operation Steel Wave. Uh, going back to that. Yeah. Uh, at the start of the year, we had operate. We had uh, Year Five start with uh, the Kool Aid Man and Mila Jovovich as the uh, the new operators in the game. We went to the launch event of that, and that was awesome. Thank you, Ubisoft, for sending us. Uh, but this is essentially step two out of a out of a or the second wave out of a four wave sort of Year Five DLC release schedule. Uh, and this gives us a new attacker in the name of Ace, who is a hard breacher. So hard breachers can break down reinforced walls. And there is a new defender called Malusi, who puts down these sort of sound wave uh, devices that if anyone walks into the field of radius and is within the eyesight of the field of radius, it'll emit a sound wave that will actually slow down their movement speed. Um, and this comes in handy because if someone's trying to rush into a room, if they jump over, you know, jump through a window or run through a doorway and they get hit with this slow motion wave, um, it'll constantly slow them down until they break it as well. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a constant effect. You can essentially go, all right, well, they're affected by slowness and just go in and shoot them. Um, okay, yep. It, it's a really, really good update because previous updates, like the, the most recent one we got prior to this that gave us uh, Lana or Iana or however you actually pronounce her name, she <laughs> would emit a, a holographic drone of herself that you could use to sort of run into rooms to see if anyone was there. And that's it. Like that was her ability. And it's not really that great for an attacker. It's just used to scout out rooms and not actually take any damage. And the defender was the Kool-Aid man who could break through... Uh, non-reinforced walls but that would also damage him mm. and it wasn't really a defensive ability for you to be able to break through a wall where these uh, new operators you've got a hard breacher who's always welcomed because you always need someone to break down a reinforced wall yeah uh, his gadget is uh, it's sort of like a sticky bomb okay you throw it onto the wall it sticks onto the wall and it travels and it down like- right it's like it's like staggered yeah, it, like it- yeah, it's sort of like unrolling a sleeping bag, if you will. It's, okay. It, you, you sort of you sort of throw it onto the wall. It makes it, it it sort of unravels a little bit, and it makes this sort of viewport hole. It will then make a second one, and then blow again, so you have sort of a, a bigger hole. And then it will do it a third time, and it will make depending on where you throw it on the wall, it will make a a, a hole enough big enough for you to go through. Um, there are some things to know that when if someone is sitting on the other side of a wall or uh, has some form of device that can sort of break breaching charges, um, you can shoot the device before they even blow up, so it, it wastes the device. Mm-hmm. You need to, uh, clearly you need to have the, the wall can't be electrified or it can't be uh, jammed by any mute jammers because those sort of abilities stop breaching from walls. So you will need someone to be able to break that sort of like a, a Thatcher or a, a Rakali. Um, and uh, the the annoying thing I found with this new uh, operator, Ace, is he can break through reinforced walls fine. You throw this one device on, it cascades down to three separate explosives. But to blow a reinforced roof hatch so, so no one can come in from the roof, you need to throw th- two devices down because the device sort of works via gravity. It unravels down. But if you throw the device onto a floor hatch, it'll just make a sort of that viewport-shaped hole. It won't actually blow the whole floor hatch or the roof hatch. Mm-hmm. So you need to throw two of them and you only have three gadgets per round. So you're sort of wasting two gadgets to blow a roof hatch when you should probably be using it to break open a wall. 
Um, so he's he's actually quite useful because unlike thermite, you don't need to actually go up and physically plant it onto the wall. You can just throw it from distance. It's sort of like a like a like a grenade. Um, and Habana, who is the other hard breacher, you need to sort of shoot her explosive devices onto the wall, but you need to sort of line them up if you want to go through it and actually walk through the wall. Where Ace, you can just throw it back away, let it go off, and then come back to it later, or or have enemies on the inside of the room go that you know room is breaching, and while that explosive is going off, you can double time around to another wall or do whatever. Mm. Uh, he's equipped with an AK, a, a pretty decent AK, I would say. I know G-Man doesn't like the AK, but I like the AK. Uh, he's got a he's got a pretty good shotgun. He's got a smoke grenade and a breaching charge. Uh, he's a two-speed, two-armor operator, so he's a middle-range operator. Um, he's, he's not bad. At the moment, he's sort of my second main, because I'm sort of rotating up my characters at the moment. And uh, the, the defender, on the other hand, Malusi, is really, really fucking useful, because she puts down three devices as well. Um, that have sort of a, a, a field of radius that if anyone goes into it, this device will emit a sound wave. It'll slow their movement speed down. Now, they can still pivot on point and aim quickly like they can, but they can't run and actually walk their normal movement speed. They're actually sort of affected by it's like sort of like a stun grenade. You're sort of swaying a little bit and you're moving quite slowly. Um, and if you're playing a, a game mode like Hostage or Secure the Room or something like that, you look at, go, you look at going... All right, where are the doors? Where somewhere someone can get into the hostage or actually grab the hostage? Let's put the device near this door, behind this wall, and right next to the hostage. So if anyone tries to run for it, it'll set the device off. Yeah, okay. Um, good thing with it as well, you can't shoot her devices. Shooting her devices do nothing, so they will still keep going off. Oh, so you've got the to still go up and melee it, right? You either have to go up and melee it or an explosive of some kind. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, so you, yeah, so you can't actually shoot it. Shooting it does nothing. If you throw a, a Thatcher, an EMP grenade to it, it will temporarily disable the device, allowing you to run up quickly and melee it, but that's it. Okay. Like, it's, it's, an, it's annoying to get rid of. Um, the good thing as well, and sort of how I use the device, is when an enemy is in the, in the field of radius, it will make this sort of humming, buzzing noise that says, you know, someone's being affected by this and they're in the room. And I'm using that as a gauge if I'm hiding behind a wall or a door. And if I hear the, the buzz of this Banshee device, I'm going, someone's in the room, someone's affected. I'm using it as like a, as a sort of a tracking beacon. Someone's in this room because they're setting off my device and they're trying to take it out. So I'm using that to go, okay, someone's in here. Take a quick look around. Bam, they're dead. Mm. Um, so, so that's quite good we do also have a new device that a lot of defensive operators can use so pre-existing operators can use and it's just a, a motion sensor so it's just this little sort of tiny gadget you just throw onto a wall anyone who walks past it in the field of radius it'll just set off a beep like hey someone's walked past me um, these devices can just be shot normally they're, they're nothing special but the range sort of the, the field radius of these uh, tracking devices are very very small so you need to be careful with where you're throwing them. So put them above a window or sort of behind a couch if it's next to a doorway. So then that way it'll set it off because their field is so small and because they can simply be shot, they're a bit of a wasted gadget. They're not really used to their potential because, yes, they, they alert you when someone's in the room, but because the, the sound radius is so small, if you throw it in a bad position, it's going to do nothing. Okay. So it's it, honestly, it's a really, really good operation in regard or new sort of DLC operation. It's got two def- an attacker and a defender who are actually useful and will stay relevant. Where most new operators would generally be sort of that flavor of the month. Hey, everyone's picking the new operator. Where these operators are cool. If you're playing hostage, 
pick Malusi because putting down her Banshee devices will slow anyone down and alert someone when they're in the room. Where if you play as uh, as Ace, you're a hard breacher. Like there's n- there's no such thing as having too many hard breachers on the team because if you've got one hard breacher and he dies, you have to go in through the windows or through a doorway rather than going through a reinforced wall. Okay. If you've got three hard breachers and then you know Thatcher, Thatcher and and uh, and Carly, someone who can break sort of you know electrified walls or or mute jammers and stuff like that you've essentially got a team that can come in from any point of view interesting so like these these people seem like these new characters seem very uh, versatile yeah yeah definitely and it's and they're not hard to play as as well like i found uh iana or lana or whatever the fuck her name was she was you you needed to play a couple of rounds to get used to her where ace and malusi are pretty straightforward uh, Malusi is also a three-speed, one-armor operator, so she is incredibly quick, um, and that works well against enemies who are being affected by sort of being slowed down from a device. Um, so it's they're, they're really easy to pick up and play characters, and they're they're pretty straightforward. You don't need to to sort of figure out the meta game with them or go like, okay, this operator is only good on this map in this situation. Like we've gotten with a couple of previous ones. Uh, if you're if if you watch the Rainbow Six Siege esports, a lot of people generally tend to pick the already sort of the original operators or maybe the year one operators. You don't really get many people picking the newer sort of flavor of the month characters. Where I think Malusi and Ace are definitely going to be worthwhile. Yeah, okay. Uh, they've they've deliberately made a, a great impact to the game. Excellent. So they're they're going to stand the test of time, you reckon? Yeah, yeah, they're they're not there. I think you'll probably have them being nerfed at some point as well. Like, all right, let's get rid of instead of having three edits for Malusi, he has two. Yeah. Um, I I think they're really really good and really powerful. Um, I'm I'm actually preferring to use Malusi now over Castle as my defender. Um, I'm I, I just think her her gadget works not only for affecting attackers but also assist the entire team because the entire team can hear the buzzing of the nor- of the of these devices she puts down if they're near them yeah and your your fellow teammates aren't affected by them as well so i'd throw a heap of them around doorways and windows and near the hostage and then go all right cool does anyone hear anything they'd hear this humming buzz someone's in the room yeah you know, if they if they've grabbed the hostage all right they're being affected by slow speed we can easily take them out yeah it's it's that sort of mentality to it I, I, she's a really good for that in regards to working with the team and communication yeah nice where she's not like other sort of defenders who I, you know, I'm going to run off and do my own thing. I'm, I'm not going to reinforce walls. I don't have an ability that can help the entire team. My ability is to just run off. Yeah. And those sort of characters can somewhat destroy around. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm very good at running away. That's <laughs> my, my number one go-to <laughs> tactic. Run away. Um, it, it, yeah. It, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it happens. I, I've, uh, if, if only we could find a way to get that footage of you playing on the on the big screen of Fortress. <laughs> oh, that was just me walking into gunfires. <laughs> you, had, you had a riot shield, but you were standing up and they just popped your legs. <laughs> you just, down you went. Ah, fucking game. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, that's awesome, man. So, um, yeah, definitely get on to playing that as soon as possible. It's out now, right? Like, all the updates are available now? Yep. So, if you've got the Rainbow Six U5 season pass, you've got the characters already, so you don't need to do anything. Uh, if you want the characters but you don't want the season pass, that's completely fine. You can uh, unlock the characters with Renown, which is the currency you earn by playing the game, or you can, if you want to, purchase in-game currency to then buy the characters as well. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, there we go. Well, thanks for that, man. I'm uh, I'm excited for you because I know you really love that game. Uh, it takes up many, many of your hours, so uh, well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been playing uh, playing a lot of it. It's fantastic. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, yes, so there we go. That's the big one for you this week. The big one for me this week that I want to talk about. It did come out last week. Um, we weren't able to get our hands on a review copy, but I have been playing it ever since, and I've gone all the way through, and, I, and I'm here to talk about it. Is The Last of Us Part 2. Um, I know that this was a, a huge release last week. Lots going on, lots to talk about. Um, we're going to get into some of the nitty gritties of it. <laughs> now, give us a recap of what's happened in The Last of Us for those of you who haven't played The Last of Us. Uh, well, look, I don't want to spoil anything because this game is mostly like there is so much really awesome gameplay, but realistically, like this is a Naughty Dog title, so a lot of it has to do with the story, right? So they are yeah. very they're they're infamous for for creating these big stories and these big dramatic things, and they're kind of like. I'd, I'd liken a lot of their games to playing a movie, if that makes sense. So there's a lot of yeah, um, yeah. quick time elements and things like that and to make you feel like you're part of something that's going on. Um, for some of it, you're going to be you know literally just a passenger watching what's going on screen, um, but for the yep. rest of it, you're interacting with it. So it's, it's something I, I kind of don't want to spoil it too much, so I'm not going to give away any sort of plot spoilers or anything like that in this episode, um, but we will talk about it at a, at a later stage when it's not so spoiler-heavy and people have had a chance to play through. Uh, Is there a, uh, a sort of a, a back-of-the-box IMDb story description that you can give that doesn't really spoil anything? I'm sure there is, and uh, I'll just pad while I, uh, I'll, I Google uh, that for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, I, I will just say that it is the game that it's like... I'd say it's like getting into like if you if there was a, a duology of movies, right? You and you went out and watched the second movie. If you, without seeing the first movie, you wouldn't understand it, right? You wouldn't have the context for who people are and all the rest of it. I I would say that this is exactly that same way. You can't okay. play this game and understand what's going on without having played the first one. It would make no sense. Um, the, it relies so heavily on your existing knowledge of the first game um, that it makes it almost impossible to enjoy it in the, the appropriate way without having played it. So I, I really enjoy that they actually um, yeah, continued that on and, and, and at least paid homage to, uh, to what they'd constructed previously. Uh, so it's a little bit like The Matrix Reloaded. You can't necessarily watch it without watching the first Matrix. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like you have no. <laughs> I mean, you'd have no context for who Neo is. I mean, you, you eventually pick it all up, but without understanding that background, how, you don't really fully appreciate what the character, who the characters are. Yeah. Um, so look, I will just say uh, here we go. We've got a bit of a, a brief review. Well, a, a brief synopsis for it. Um, so it's set five years after the fir- uh, after the Last of Us, the first game. Um, players control a 19 year old Ellie, who's a character from the first game, uh, who comes into conflict with a mysterious cult in a in a post apocalyptic United States. Um, it's a it's basically a zombie survival horror game with heavy dramatic story elements to it. So there's there's a lot to unpack in any one game, um, but particularly in this one, there is a lot going on. Um, for yeah, like for fans of zombie games and things like that, like wow, like this, there is there is a lot in here that really uh, that you can really enjoy. The combat in this game is like even when you're in the game and you're doing the combat yourself, that stuff is cinematic. They've tried to make it as natural as possible. Um, so there's a lot of really awesome natural movements that you can do. It doesn't feel. Uh, forced or or like you're doing you know going through these these patterns all the time it really is a lot of fun to uh, to engage with there is a lot of now i know you don't 
kind of like the stealth combat games where you have to kind of sneak around a bit. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I absolutely love okay. Splinter Cell and, and Metal Gear and stuff. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, Last of Us, I think, is a fantastic story, but I think the, the gameplay, it's if you take the story away from the gameplay, at least for the first one for me, I'm like, this is a nothing game. Yeah, and that's oh, look, it, I think that's the thing about it, though. It doesn't rely on one thing specifically. It, it kind of yeah. combines all those elements into a really great package. And I think they've, they've upped the ante with this time around, and there's a lot of the same characters or um, enemies from the, uh, the first game. So, again... If you haven't played the first game, you're not going to understand the context for who, for what these characters are, or um, how you're supposed to uh, to defeat them. But the way that they package them together, and it's like, okay, we've got all the same kinds of enemies, but we put them in different scenarios, and you really have to push yourself to like they're almost like combat puzzles in the way that you have to unlock these puzzles to defeat them, and it's it's really cool. And like you know, walking around and stalking these clickers who are. Um, zombies that can't see you but will hear you every time you make a sound it's like stalking those things and coming up behind them and trying to like slice their throats like just awesome awesome fun it makes it I still got that high tension from the first game oh man there's so much tension yeah. like everything about it is tension and then there's these essentially there's a there's a bunch of human factions that you'll fight as well within the game and one of them they are uh, they're called the Scars, and they basically uh, sort of almost like a hunting tribe. So they'll hunt you with bows and arrows, and they'll sort of like it's always in these sort of dense jungle type environments, and they'll start mm-hmm. stalking you. And you'll hear all of a sudden someone will spot something, and they'll start whistling. And so there's all these like whistling communications between the groups as they start stalking you through the forest. And wow, it's just like so much tension and. Just the way that they build that up, like just with the music and the sounds and all the rest, it's really a, a really intense experience. So I've really much, like, very much enjoyed that. And I think that's knocked up a notch from the first game, which is really good. It's good to see that they haven't sort of just sat back and gone, you know, that was really good. Let's just keep the same thing. They've really increased yeah. the type of combat and, and the intensity within the game, which is really good. Now you did put a video up on the Shaken on uh, <laughs> YouTube page. How how often have you found issues in that regard? Oh look, yeah, th- for people who don't know, <laughs> yeah, check it out on uh, on our YouTube channel. There is a, a weird arm glitch that I came across, which is the one glitch that I found in this game. Like, there's some weird like uh, sometimes the facial elements, like they pull the character will pull funny faces at odd times, um, but it's not anything that I would suggest is you know uh, overly glitchy. It's just part of the game sometimes weird things happen um this was a weird glitch where where the the character's arm got stuck at one angle and no matter how you turned or whatever happened it it was really bizarre so yeah check it out on the youtube channel for a bit more information that was the one time i'd seen that a glitch like that it was pretty weird though and i had to um restart from a checkpoint to actually you know get it to clear um and, and then it was fine didn't have to you know it wasn't overly major but it was just one of those things that you go that's really odd. I have to show that. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And look, I, apart from that, I found the game uh, runs smoothly. I don't get any massive, like, um, massive overheating, whirring fan noises from the PS4, which happens in a lot of games, especially the graphics-heavy ones. Um, so Yeah, you you are using a pro, yeah. though, for, for, for people who aren't aware. I, I have 
seen some posts here and there saying like the OG PlayStations will will sound like a jet engine, but to be fair, it does that for basically every. Oh, absolutely! For any any game, anytime something's loading or whatever's going on, it sounds like it's going to take off. Um, <laughs> I had issues with the Ace Combat Seven where that thing over like was almost overheating the PlayStation uh, because it was trying to load so much data at one time. Um, but yeah, none of those problems with this game. Like it seems to have like, and it is a pretty pretty game. Like you look at it, they use lighting really effectively. Um, lots of like flashlight stuff. So you know, flashlights and dark spaces, and wow, that stuff like creates the tension all on its own. So there's a lot of really awesome stuff within that. Like those those gameplay mechanics that works. Um, Are there any? Oh, sorry, no, no, go for it. Um, now with saw uh, Uncharted 4 which was a Naughty Dog game they put in the sort of the easter egg sort of thing that they played you know a level of Crash Bandicoot are there any uh, easter eggs to other um, lost uh, Naughty Dog uh, properties in Last of Us um, I will say that there are a lot of Sony product placements within the game um, it's not as blatant as say uh, Death Stranding with Monster Energy Drink um, but it is like very much every time you walk into a house anywhere um, there are PS3s lying around all over the place <laughs> Right. <laughs> I, I've yet to see an Xbox, and I doubt we will. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't think. It <laughs> but yeah, it's really bizarre because, and it's I, th- I like that they've kept it at that as well because it's very much a case of there's been a zombie apocalypse, and you know the world stopped when the PS3 was too relevant. So I like that they never actually got to the PS4, and they don't try and ship it in there. But it's it's a nice little touch. So there's there's things like that, and. Uh, and there's uh, there are little references to the past and little collectibles and all that around the place. I think it's uh, uh, there's enough there to satisfy those Easter egg fans. Um, yeah, it's look. I want to talk about some of the other elements as well. Look, there's an amazing story to this game. There's been a lot talked about, and especially in um, the player reviews. Like if you go out there and read any critical reviews of this game, you'll see that this game has almost received unanimously perfect scores um but there have been a lot of uh, player reviews uh, specifically mentioning uh, elements of the story that they really don't like and review bombing the shit out of this game for anyone that yeah, i have seen there's a there's a lot of people review bombing this like yeah. i think on metacritic it's like you know nine or something for the re- you know reviewer score and then like 33 for the player score or something like that yeah and I, i'm just gonna say right now Anybody putting up shitty reviews, I know why you're putting them up and you're being a dick and <laughs> you are not nice people. There's, there are reasons that, that this game will not work for you. I totally understand that. Play something else. But there is no reason to give this game a shitty score. It is absolutely... I would ignore almost altogether the player review scores because they are just... A lot of them are just bitter people that have access to grind for a number of different reasons, and it's absolutely completely bullshit. So, um, yeah, ignore those. Look at some of the critical review scores because I think they they provide a much more contextual approach to what uh, to how reviews are done, um, and they won't have any of the uh, bias <laughs> and bigotry that is like very apparent in some of those reviews coming out. So. Yeah, it's not very nice, and I, I, I feel really sorry for Naughty Dog having, and especially the people that spent time creating this game, like the fact that they have to put up with that bullshit. So, yes. Yeah, and they did have the, the, the sort of thing a couple months back as well in regards to the, the leaks of the, the gameplay and important key moments in the game and stuff like that as well. So they've yeah. 
they've had some some issues and now they've got you know people just trolling them or, or whatever it yeah is. and it, you know for all the reasons that they those those leaks came out and i've gone back and read a bunch of that leak stuff now some of it's accurate other stuff is completely inaccurate um and all of the reasons that they got upset that first time around are still here um and they are just they are ill-informed bigoted commentary so um yeah it's definitely not nice to see that in the gaming community and we should be better but yeah there we are <laughs> so ignore all yeah. of those and yeah i think it's one of those games that it's had a, a very good critical review score um so based on that i think people should be making their own opinions if you like this style of game if you liked what happened in the last of us the first game you're going to like the second one based on you know the fact that they just continue to deliver a quality game yeah, there is a there, there was a thing as well because Last of Us came out. And I think the next following video game after that, post that, uh, in regards to at least uh, companies reviewing games, uh, was the SpongeBob remaster game. Yeah. Which, uh, to be honest, I'm I'm actually probably going to take a look at this because I've I've seen people review it and they're giving you know reviewing uh, platforms like IGN and stuff like that. They're giving it like six point five out of ten, all that sort of stuff, and they're saying it's an old game. And I'm like, well, of course it is. It's a remaster. <laughs> Like, you're not you're not going to get Crash Bandicoot remastering and go. Oh, they also added in this new level, and Crash has four new abilities. No, it's a remaster. <laughs> so, um, and, and that's the thing. Like, I, I understand the the skepticism in regards to oh yeah, seeing something getting ten out of ten. Check a different platform that's got a ten out of ten as well. Check a different like doing your checks because there are some games that have given games some companies that have given games ten out of ten. Yeah, and I've gone all right. I'll go pick it up, and then I've gone. I don't fucking like this at all. Yeah. How is it a ten out of ten? And and it's all also it's all user and personal preference. Absolutely. And look, I, I think there's there's something to be said about critical reviews. Like you know, you get that with critically reviewed movies. Oh, an amazing movie, and it's not really watchable. I think this is very much a particular style of game and and content that people will either really like or really not. And that's it's apparent in those review scores based on you know all sorts of different reasons. So I think people will decide for themselves. But I would highly highly recommend this game to anybody who played the first Last of Us and liked it. It is the same quality of content um, delivered in a in, in a much more refined package so I really I've, I've had such a great time with it I will say that like you know go. I'm not going to jerk it off all day I think there are some things wrong with it <laughs> that, that I want to get into as well um, there was that one glitch I don't think it's enough to make that you know to change a review score they do a lot of weird invisible wall stuff in this game as well though which really fucking bothers me um, yeah, and there's a lot of stuff like you know there's there's areas that you can go to and you're obviously going through this you know this civilization that's been you know in chaos for ten years and you you're walking through ruined cities and you can't you know some buildings you can't break into when it's clear that I can just like literally walk up and access it but there's an invisible wall stopping me from getting into it so it just seems a lot of those access things are it just put a brick wall there rather than a window or a door that I could potentially get through. It just seems odd to have to to make those choices. Some of the quick time elements are a bit weird as well, and like they they struggle sometimes when they're going out from. They try to do this really clean transition from cutscene uh, to gameplay, and they do it well for the most part. But there's sometimes where it's like, okay, you know, for me to get to this next area, I have to walk up to something and press you know press a button to access it. It's like it just seems really archaic. They could have potentially done that more smoothly. Um, but yeah, just a, there's just little things like that. I think where they've tried to 
Um, they could potentially remove a lot. I, I'm not a big fan for quick time games. You know, press this when there's an action scene going on and that will you know stop your wrestling or really quickly tap this button. I don't want any of that. Just fucking make that the scene and just move on. Like, I, th- I think sometimes quick time can work and sometimes it just flat out doesn't. Yeah. Like, I think it's like God of War 3, like, you know, rapidly per- pre- you know, press circle or whatever and you rip off fucking a god's head because you're, yeah. you're struggling to rip his head. I'm like, that's cool because that makes sense. Your character is struggling to do something. like, But sometimes it just doesn't work. I think it was like yeah. Spider-Man 3 on like PlayStation 3 and, play- and Xbox 360. Like, that game was full of quick time events that was like yeah. press X to fucking jump in a cutscene it was it's, it's so stupid like I, I, I would rather I'm actually quite happy to sit there and watch those things because I think cinematically they're really interesting to watch and especially like in this game there's a, they're usually in these very tense moments where you're fighting for your life and like you know and I'd rather watch that and experience it than actually tap my button repeatedly it just takes me out of the experience a little bit so I think a, yeah. a few a few of those things, and that's but that's like a naughty dog trait, right? That's something they've done for years, and they continue to do and have delivered good quality games. But it's stuff like that I think they could actually improve and move on from, um, and potentially tr- try to provide something new. And you know that's they've done some really cool things in here. There's like a mechanic where you can um, go and play guitar. So your character is learning to play guitar. So they use the touchpad and the directional uh, buttons and you can actually play guitar properly. Like you can go through and play different chords and all the rest of it. It's really interesting. So um, I've been practicing a couple of songs. I know it's quite a lot of fun. <laughs> I've spent an hour just sitting there just going, okay. And then I realized, oh, fuck, I've just been playing guitar. For <laughs> but it's like, it's just really interesting elements like that that have made this game much more complete um, and and add to the character of something that's really different that we haven't seen before. So that's I, I've really enjoyed that part of it. Is there is there any uh, probably before we start, we start to wrap this yep. up? Is there any replayability to this? I know with some sort of games that are very heavily story focused, the replayability is is on the lower side. Well, I'll tell you right now, I'm already replaying it um, at a much harder difficulty level. I'm really enjoying it the second time around. Um, oh, and look, some of the story elements in this game, they shock. They, they, they are designed like it's a, it's not a friendly world. It's, it's very much, there's lots of slow conversations and, you know, deep, think, deep thinking. And it, and this game catches you off guard to a point where like, you're actually like shocked and you catch your breath because you're so surprised that something has happened. So one minute you'll be having this in-depth conversation with a character about, you know, life and death and everything else. And then all of a sudden an explosion happens and somebody dies and it really like catches you off guard so quickly that it's even the second time around it's, it's still f- like amazing to watch. Even when you are prepared for it, you still, you know, it's, you're almost bracing yourself for the moment that it happens and it's really fun to experience. So I've I've enjoyed it. I think there's the gameplay elements are great. The story's great. It's there are some minor things that they could potentially change about this game, but there is nothing in here that deserves a anything less than a and an amazing score as part of a review. Yeah, well, there we go. So, look, I will give it a review score really quickly. Um, I'm not going to jerk it off completely, um, but I will say that this one is uh, is probably a four point five out of five. So it's 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 really really awesome. It's not quite perfect, but it's it's so bloody close um, to being uh, uh, like the perfect game. 
definitely one to remember when uh, the end of the year's game of the year. Oh, oh, yeah, game of the year episode comes up. Hundred yeah. percent. Like this will be in like I would be very surprised if if there's in like Cyberpunk potentially yeah is the one that's you know waiting in the wings. It's the it's the heir apparent to the title, um, but. Yeah, this one will give it a good push. It, it will give it a very, very good push um, in the uh, Game of the Year rankings. Oh, there we go. Excellent. So that's it for this week. Like, um, like I said, if uh, if you've yeah, if you want to play any of those games, play them now. They are available. I know. I think I've seen your brother online playing uh, playing a bit of The Last of Us as well. Um, so yeah, definitely get out there and play these games. They are a lot of fun. Rainbow Six obviously been around for five years and still going strong. So get onto that as soon as possible if you're into that stuff. Uh, we will be yeah, back. We'll, uh... we'll be back next week to talk more games. I've got a bunch of other indie titles that I want to talk about as well. Too much to pack into one episode, duty. Um, and hopefully, hopefully soon we'll get some more, um, uh, more of a chance to talk about the F1 because I'm excited. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm really stoked for F1. Uh, I might take a look at the SpongeBob game, and uh, there should be another video coming up on the Call of Duty page. Oh within yes, the next, well, a couple of days. Excellent, that's awesome. Well, look, that's it for me this week. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Check us out on Shaken Not Nerd on all of the things. Um, check out Duty's page on Call of Duty. I said it right this time. Um, <laughs> check out his YouTube page for more on that uh, Rainbow Six stuff and all of the other stuff that he's reviewing. It's all up there. Um, check out our channel at Shaken Not Nerd for the glitch and some of the other games that I've been playing as well. Um, there's been some interesting ones in recent times, and they're all up there and available to check out. I have been Fuzzy Dan reminding you this week that um, if your reviews are shit and you're having a shit time with your games, you gotta get good. <laughs> and this is Diddy reminding you you gotta play with each other and play with yourself. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs>